KPFA has organized some timely events with serious political authors. Beginning in January, in the robust spirit of Black Lives Matter, Kat Brooks gets with BLM founder Patrice Collars to discuss her book, When They Call You a Terrorist. The 1st of February, Daniel Ellsberg and Larry Bensky will talk about Dan's urgent new work, The Doomsday Machine, Confessions of a Nuclear War Planner. Then Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz will present Loaded, a disarming history of the Second Amendment, meaning guns. Richard Wolf will then view the ominous wry decline of U.S. capitalism. To greet springtime, Michio Kaku will provide a startling new perspective he calls the future of humanity, terraforming Mars, interstellar travel, immortality, and our destiny beyond Earth. Find out much more about these events on the KPFA website. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.31. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Javelin Richards. Welcome to Cover to Cover, Javelin's Bistro. This is the last show of 2017. And today, I want to give you happiness. I want to give it to you. So how best to give it to you than to have a guest who I met is sometime in summer. Everything seems like I did was in summer for me, even if it wasn't. Like summer is just heavy on my mind. Colleen Breen. Breen. Did I say that right, Colleen? That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> she left Chicago uh, because her partner found a job in the Bay Area. She works in the world of improvisation, the school of improv, and a lot of us know that's where it, go, it gets down in Chicago. Mm-hmm. She came here to Oakland and opened up all-out comedy theater in Oakland on Telegraph, and she's here to tell us what is improv, and she brought some gifts. She brought some fantastic gifts, I'm telling you now, so you're going to get ready when I give out, when she says it's okay, to, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, inside of our interview, you're going to be calling 510-848-4425, 510-848-4425. To get this, I mean, serious gifts. The holidays have started officially right now. KPFA with Colleen. Colleen, welcome to Jobless Bistro. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so very grateful to talk with you. Yes, absolutely. So, school us on what is what is improv? What is the whole thing? The history of it. So, improv is basically. Um, creating ideas, creating scenes off the top of your head. Um, it began in Chicago around the 1950s um, where they were practicing these improv games, these theater games um, to be better actors, uh, to help their uh, shows. Um, and then um, this group decided we can, we can polish these up. We can polish these improv games and it could be a performance. And so out of that... They formed uh, basically Second City um, from the original uh, group over there. And actually another group came out of that, too. And they came here to San Francisco. So San Francisco has a rich history in improv, too. And they formed a group called The Committee. Um, and from there, 
the students of those students created forms, long forms, short forms, um, and created it as a an art form to be respected. And so, mm-hmm. and when did you get started? Oh boy, um, I got started. I want to say around two thousand four in Chicago. So I trained, and then I later on performed at the Second City, Improv Olympic, Annoyance Theater, Comedy Sports, the bottom of a lot of bars. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was very, very blessed to have some of the greatest teachers in the world, and uh, um, you, you get addicted. I got addicted, and it's it's made me very passionate about the art form. You're very passionate, and mm-hmm. so now you you're so you're there in Chicago. You've made a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're having a great time. Your partner says, "I got a job." <laughs> yeah, it's improv. <laughs> we were we were gifted an opportunity, um, and we said, "Why not?" Um, and I can't, I, I couldn't be happier. So um, when I came along with him, um, I I made the decision that I was going to teach out here, um, and then that just flowed into opening a space for, to teach, and then that flowed into having shows. Uh, so now we have a space, All Out Comedy Theater, where we're uh, hosting uh, improv, but we also invite all comedy, all performances, um, community events, community uh, performances as well. Uh, we want to share it as much as possible. Um, and um, I never expected it to go this way, but I, we're building a community, and it feels good. Um, and the more I reach out, the more love I get back. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nice to see that. A lot of theaters, um, you don't have the opportunity um, to help it grow and help it um, become a community where it can become very, you know, um, controlled by one voice or two voices. Where my my mission goal is that I am dependent on the people that come to my theater. I listen to all their voices. And... Um, being in Oakland, I feel like that gives me the permission to do so, too, at this time where the arts are dying, um, just giving fire to the individuals that still want to have a voice and that can have a space to do that. Um, I feel I feel so lucky. So where mm-hmm. is all our comedy theater in Oakland? Where is it at? So it's in the Kono District uh, by Uptown. It's 2525B Telegraph Avenue in Oakland, 94612. That's and it's surrounded by some really wonderful places. Um, the restaurants and they're right next door there is a market. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're right there on the cusp by um, Uptown where they have... Uh, restaurants, bars, Fox Theaters right down the road. Um, and then we're just a little bit down a ways. <laughs> so people are still trying to find us, but uh, it's growing. It's growing fast there. It's growing. It mm-hmm. is, and it's absolutely fun. And also you, so it's very inclusive and very open, and you work with children in improv as well. You have classes. I sure do. So that's my, yeah, that's my other passion. So back in Chicago, I was a Montessori teacher, um, which serendipity, it goes so well together with improv. I found that actually before improv. So the theory behind Montessori is you follow the child. Um, it's one-on-one improv with their needs. And so I come, I combine my passion of, uh, being a Montessori, uh, teacher with improv. So, 
We offer classes on the weekends for um, children of all ages um, where they can just come be themselves, create, have a voice, and have that voice celebrated, which makes them feel so good. Um, and then they do it with each other. So they're building communication skills. They're bu- building social skills, um, empathy, because the whole theory, I mean, improv is all listening, basically. Um, and that's what gives us empathy. We're listening. We're validating it because we yes and whatever that is said is absolutely right. And we're going to support it. And so you see that magic with the children. You see that magic with the adults. Um, I always tell my students, um, you will amaze yourself, not because of what you come up with. It's what you added and what the group added to that and to the end, the end idea, the end product that comes out is something you could never imagined. And you are a part of that. That that absolutely, mm-hmm. t- as I hear that, and I'm an arts integration specialist, and one of the things mm-hmm. I think that what your classes offer, what we offer in the world, mm-hmm. is, is supporting children in learning to trust themselves, to absolutely. trust themselves, to be in touch with their intuition. Mm-hmm. One, so well, let's do the first gift. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So the first gift for those of you who uh, have children that you'd like to engage in classes, taking the, both the experiences that Colleen bring to the t- she brings to the table in her classes, if you register your children, mm-hmm. she will give you 10% off. Just mentioned that you heard Colleen. <laughs> when you say, Colleen, I heard you on KPFA. And she, she agreed she would happily, actually, she was more than willing to say yes, she would, because it's important for her to continue doing the work that she started. Absolutely. I want to get it more out there in the community. Yes. yes. And so, what has been some of the highlights that you know, the takeaway that you witnessed in children yourself that when they came to you and then by the time they may have ended one class or two classes, what have some some of the things you note about them? Oh, self-confidence. It feels so amazing when you come in. You see these these kids, they're not sure of themselves, you know. You're constantly being judged by our parents, by our teachers, by our friends. And when they're in that space and I, I see a child at the beginning kind of shy, kind of hesitant to participate, and by the end... They are, they have a full voice, more than you expect sometimes, where, um, I had one child, um, uh, I want to say Khalil, he came up to me and he came running into class and says, Colleen, I was in my car and I told my mom that I imagined a window. And when I looked out that window, I saw myself flying and I felt like I could do anything I wanted to. And I said, you are absolutely correct. (laughs) And your imagination does not have to stop there. Because if you can dream it, if you can think it, it's absolutely true. Um, And it's when people... People, children find that power in themselves. I mean, that's why I do it. it. It feels, it feels, it feels good. You awaken their power, their individual power, and give them and hold the space for them to actually exercise that that power in a playful community with other people, uh, with other children. And see, that's another thing Mm -hmm. we don't have. We don't give kids enough playtime. They don't have playtime anymore. It's like. Mm -hmm. the schools are not built for playtime, and you don't see kids outside playing, just playing and having fun. 
Right, right. And that was that was one of my biggest pet peeves when I was in school. Yeah. When I was teaching and the parents would always be like, how, how are their math skills coming? How, yeah. how are their uh, reading skills? And sometimes their kid isn't even potty trained or they're not playing at home. I'm like, well, you know, those skills cannot come without having socialization. How to build order within your community. That's when academics come. They don't see that that's a necessity. And sadly, that's being dropped everywhere in the school system. We're listening to Colleen Breen. She's the artistic director of All Out Comedy. And you can go online to get that uh, as well, to go to the website. It's Mm -hmm. alloutcomedy.com. Alloutcomedytheater.com. Dot com. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, again, she's giving away, uh, if you say, if you want to register your children, then you can uh, say you heard Colleen on KPFA and she'll give you a 10% discount. But stay tuned because... there's some more stuff coming your way. So 510-848-4425. What does the adult classes look like and what can grown-ups get out of that? Um, anything and everything. I've had people from all walks of life coming, people saying I want to work on communication skills or presentation skills at my, my work mm. or I just want to get out of my shell. Um, improv infects personally infects my whole life and i tell students you'll see it slipping in there um because you you're starting to actually listen to people you're giving positive ideas um you're validating other people's ideas and validating not even others yourself Mm. we criticize ourselves constantly first thing i think of when i have an idea first thing i think of is like well how can that not happen and then you got to switch that thinking because it's a muscle you gotta you gotta practice that muscle, and always people always ask that question too about improv. How can you practice making up stuff? You and mm-hmm. uh, your community of people that you work with too. There's a diversity component inside of the students, grown or kids that come to you. And mm-hmm. I like I'm drawn to that because I'm mm-hmm. interested as a, as a conscious person, at least I attempt to be, mm-hmm. where to play in spaces with people that don't necessarily look like us, to play, to play in yes. spaces and yes. begin to develop these playful relationships. So uh-huh. your space is like a, a, a playground in many ways. It's to go in and have fun so grown-ups can have fun. And then also, we want to get to the shows that you have. This Christmas, yes, you have yes. Giggle Bells. Yes, that's our very clever title. <laughs> giggle Bells, Giggle Bells, Giggle all, all the way. way. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, yeah. we're not getting sick of all those holiday puns this right. year. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the next thing. Colleen is giving away. Yes. Now here's a, she's really in the festive. She's she's Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, you, <laughs> anything you whatever you want to celebrate. Whatever you want to celebrate. She's giving away ten tickets mm-hmm. to Giggle Bells, mm-hmm. which happens on every Saturday at seven thirty is our all age show, and nine thirty is a little bit more anything goes. Uh, so it's going to be short form improv scenes uh, with a holiday theme on each scene. Oh, that's fun. Oh, it's a lot of fun. So what is a number? Let's give a phone number that they can call you directly as well. How do they get the tickets? Again, the free, well, you'll call here at the station, uh, 510-848-4425. But for those that want to get hold of your classes, et cetera, Mm -hmm. what is the number to the theater? Yeah, so they can also contact me at 510 761 
1-800-242-7279 or email me at info at alloutcomedytheater.com. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So now you have these two shows. Now the, the 930 show is a little more... We say anything goes. Like, you know, some some swear words can be slipped here and there. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. Where 7.30 is like, you can bring your, your eight-year-old child and it'll be fine. It'll be. <laughs> yeah. So what is the show? Tell us, give us a mental picture of the show. So they're all short form um, okay. scenes. So um, you might see uh, a normal improvised scene based on the audience suggestion. We will take the okay. word that you give us and we will create a two to three minute scene based on that with our own characters we improvise. Um, and each scene has a, a different game to it. We We have a... We have a game called New Choice where you will ring the bell, and every time we ring the bell, you have to say something different. So change the whole scene and okay. then continue it. Uh, we might have, uh, uh, we'll make up a story. There's one called Conducted Story where we all share a story, uh, one word at a time or one sentence at a time. Um, and just, and we can do stuff as silly as um, there's one scene called Triple Dub where we have to talk for each other's voices. Okay, how does that work? We have to. So, if you and if I'm in your, if I'm in one of the scenes with you, you, mm-hmm. you would talk for my voice, right? So you would just mouth, and I would make up any silly voice I wanted you to say. Like I could say, "This is Javelin now." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is so. This is Javelin's. Okay, and this is so. Any voice I wanted to, I could mm-hmm. do you. So. Uh, okay, so this is Colleen Ring, and I'm going to be giving away tickets to my um, all our comedy. You already know. <laughs> so what y'all don't see is that as I'm talking, Colleen is doing these faces and with her mouth and moving uh-huh. it, and it was matching with the voice that I was using. I don't know where that came from. Well, it's dead on what I sound like. I think so. <laughs> You're listening to Colin Green here. I'm Joplin, your host of Joplin's Bistro, KPFA 94.1. And she's sharing her story of all our comedy theater here in the East, in the Bay Area, in Oakland, specifically 2525 Telegraph Avenue B. That's right. Mm-hmm. And there is, and you're nestled right there with the market. So you say people have a hard time finding it sometimes. Is that, that but you're right there next to it's a what kind of market is that? Uh, we're by uh, Abyssinian Market, and mm-hmm. then uh, further down, there's the Korean uh, Market, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and we're also just a, a block away from the, the new Parkway Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a record store there, Econo Jams. So there's a lot of hidden small businesses there that are great to support. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And food to get while you're there. And then also you have snacks always available. Mm-hmm, snacks and beverages, yeah. yeah. And how many does a seat uh, we can seat up to 60. Okay. Um, so. so it's large enough but intimate enough. Yeah, yeah. We, we try to make it a nice, like, intimate environment where, you know, it's not that cold theater yeah. look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how is the audience? You, I like that you actually engage them and, and they offer words as well. How are they receptive to that? What kind of, tell us about the audiences that you've got in the past. Um, we've been, we've been very lucky. We've gotten really receptive audiences. So, um, they just love that no matter what word they give us, we make gold out of it. 
um, or just seeing them come up with their idea, no matter what silly thing comes out of their mouth, we'll make it magic. And they'll be like, how, how did you do that? I had one couple come up, come up to me after a show, and they're like, so who wrote that tonight? <laughs> well, I, that, that was not written, my friend. <laughs> that was all from our, our noggins. <laughs> really? So like, uh, what happened in that scene that they were witnessing that it appeared to them like a scripted scene? They just thought it was so natural, like your mm. characters and your relationships. Yeah. And again, because we rehearse, yes, they're called games, but we practice coming up with strong characters, meaning strong points of views, strong relationships, because that's what we want to see in any performance, right? It's mm-hmm. not about being clever. It's about forming these unique relationships these unique points of views. Mm -hmm. And because we're so unique, the funny is going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite quote from one of my favorite teachers in Chicago, T.J. Jagodowski, used to say, you are enough. And you are enough. Because you are unique, that's why I tell anyone can be an improviser. It's it's just you being able to respond and have a point of view about something. Which can be, it sounds like a wonderful space to Mm -hmm. get back into that because we do that when we're growing up. We just respond, but then there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that come into play like, oh, don't do that, or why did you say that, or don't, Mm -hmm. why did you, you know, and all the no's begin. And then at some point, then we learn the the language of school, the rules and regulations, then we learn going to the world and go into the job market, wherever space that we travel. And this sounds like a space where people can unpack some of that stuff, some Mm -hmm. of the rules and regulations, and just go off their own intuition and actually play. Yeah, it's very much like therapy. Um, Yeah. I tell people that's when I, f- I feel the best is when I'm improvising because you're not in your head. There is no judgment. There's only agreement and finding gifts that are given by yourself or your partner. Because uh, it's not about you. It's about the whole. And when you take it away from yourself, you, you give yourself permission to find ideas that you never would have found or to validate an idea that would have just whisked away out of your head. Um, so I talk a lot about the whole, but it's very much saying yes and to yourself. Trust. Tr- yeah, yeah. Trust. Trusting. Trusting that you know, even if you don't think you know, just follow your impulse and listen. Listen to what the person has said and respond to that. And, and some of that will just come up. And that's why it feels great because sometimes I'll say something. I'm like, why did I just say that? And but my partner is going to support me because we have that trust. And my partner is going to make gold out of that. Whether it was like a silly idea, a fart sound, whatever, whatever ridiculous it was. I'm like, I'm going to make sense and I'm going to support that. And we're going to find something magical out of that. Oh, and do we not need a lot of that right <laughs> yes, now? We just do. always in human history. But this is an opportunity to experience that. Have you ever been on stage and absolutely froze with you had nothing to give and nothing to support? Or have you witnessed that? And how do you come from that moment? Um, yeah, I think that's very common, especially when people are first starting out. Um, but then there's that that trust i will just support the show or performance i will have completely nothing i might just start digging an imaginary hole i don't know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. but my partner's going to come up there and he's going to name that or she's going to name that and support me oh i see you're digging oh thank you i didn't know what i was doing or if i see someone else on stage and they just went on there just to take the stage i'll jump straight up 
um, and we'll figure it out together. And at the very least, I just look at the person. You can you can decipher so much by just looking at a face, and it can be as simple as you look confused today, or you look really happy today, and we'll jump off of that. Um, so it's just. Once you have more tools to protect yourself, it's it's not that scary. So you live yeah. this life mm-hmm. where you're just putting yourself out there and you're teaching others to put themselves out there, to trust each other, to play, mm-hmm. have fun, and yeah. make up stories and imagine things and believe them to be true because they are. If you imagine it like the little boy in the car, mm-hmm. he saw himself out the window. He saw himself flying. That's a truth. Absolutely. It's a truth. You chose this path, and you're addicted. You're addicted to it. Why did you try acting at all? I mean, this is a form of acting, but did you sure. try traditional forms of acting in your path? Um, other than taking an acting class in college, no, not really. Um, I never. It never attracted me. Um, no, no real reason. It's just as soon as I found this, this was like this is what I want to be doing. And we also talked earlier too before we got on the air there's ways in which it empowers like you as a a woman performer in chicago Mm -hmm. that you had to learn to be smarter in moments because it's a man's field very much tell us that tell us share the story you shared with me i found that to be very empowering for us to think just to think about being able to change a story that's not attractive to us in the moment Right, right. And this has been um, happening for years in the community. It's just been accepted. And just now we're starting to talk about it. Um, I feel like not just me, but many women improvisers, they learn how to protect themselves on stage. Um, Because that will happen from insecure performers or um, inexperienced performers. Well, they will... Um, make comments about you, about your sex, or make fun of it. And where you have to rise above um, and say, well, why would you say that? It's not me, it's you. Mm-hmm. And then you put it on them. You you protect yourself as a, a, a person because um, right then they are giving you a negative. How do you make that meg- negative into a positive? I just read into it. Um, a lot of people say play play improv like a paranoid detective. Uh, so when someone says something like, um, uh, you probably want to go out with me or say something worse than that, I would say, why would you say that? Are you lonely? Do you need attention? And then we go into, why do you need attention? So we protect ourselves by putting those negative words on that person and why they are doing that to you. So there could be something as, oh, you're fat. Mm-hmm. Or you're ugly, that bullying form. If you're teaching children this, the method that you've learned in that world of improv with men in Chicago, mm-hmm. that they're responding out of their own insecurities and putting it on, on the women performers. But mm-hmm. if you teach those skills to children, when someone begins the bullying techniques, they can bring it back to them and say, why would you say that to me? Well, are you mad? Are you scared? Mm-hmm. So kid walks up to another uh, kid and say, you're fat and ugly. And say, well, why would you say that to me? Are you scared or afraid? Does someone hurt your feelings? Right. So it changes the paradigm. Mm-hmm. 
So once again, tell us how they we can uh, the listening audience in our last couple minutes together how they can get a hold of you, and definitely more about the shows. Uh, as we say, we've given away ten tickets. I'm not. I saw the Erica, our wonderful engineer, on the phone. So <laughs> we may have given all the tickets away. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. But and also, don't forget if you say you to call Colleen at what's the number five one zero seven six one seven two seven nine. And if you want to take a class for two thousand. 2018, then call her and say, Colleen, I heard you on KPFA, so I would like to have my 10 percenters. <laughs> Happy holidays. And I think that would be really wonderful. And in fact, I'm going to take a class in Please 2018. Please do. Yes. Yes. So thank you. There's our music to go out. So thank you, Colleen, for spending some time in Javelin's Bistro. Thank you so much for having me, Javelin. This was fantastic. All right. I'll see you on the new year. Bye-bye. And this is Kat Brooks. The year is almost over, which means you are almost out of time to give a year-end gift to KPFA. It is tax-deductible, plus it goes to keeping your progressive station on the air, where you get to hear those alternative voices that you can't get anywhere else. So get online, go to kpfa.org, make that year-end gift before you forget. You're listening to KPFA 94.1 and KPFB 89.3 in Berkeley, KFCF 88.1 in Fresno, and K248BR 97.5 in Santa Cruz. You can stream KPFA online or listen to our archive shows anytime at kpfa.org.